Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. Hello, welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast. I am Patrick Beeman, your host. This is our 2018 Study Smarter series, Psychiatry. We're dissecting, well, I mean, Elizabeth and Alex are dissecting, high-yield psych questions. But before that, here is a StatMed lesson with Ryan Orwig from StatMed Learning. Ryan, a lot of board prep kind of uh, wisdom says focus on the knowledge, focus on the knowledge. But we know that there is also a component of good test performance that involves good test taking strategy. Can you improve your issues with test taking strategy if you only have six, seven, eight weeks left until the boards? You can absolutely. You want to spend the, the lead up of your prep time really solidifying your knowledge base, it's actually really hard to change test taking process early in the game. You need to actually have knowledge and some run under your belt before going into the board's workshop to change your test taking methodology. We do it a lot of times, you know, six weeks out, anywhere from sometimes four weeks out from the test. And I've seen profound impacts even, you know, with one week left, it depends on the individual. Sure. How do you diagnose issues with test-taking strategy versus issues with knowledge base? The main question I ask people when they ask me about that is I say, okay, imagine you've done, you've missed 10 questions, no matter how many you had to do to get to it. So let's imagine a hypothetical 10 missed questions. Mm -hmm. And let's imagine each of these is represented by a poker chip. And then we're going to put them into two categories. The knowledge miss categories. Like I just didn't know enough. Any way you shake it to get that question right. How many of them go into that stack? And then the test taking side are questions that you realize you could have gotten right had you read it properly, thought about it properly, narrowed properly, eliminated properly, used the parts of your knowledge. That Then, then we put them on that side. So if we're seeing three, four uh, chips on the test taking side, that's 30, 40% of your misses that are going on that side of the equation. And we certainly meet people where, with many more of the chips being pushed to the, the test taking side. Now, that's far from scientific. And we, I think what happens when we work with our clients is we realize that way more of the misses 
fall under test taking than, than, than students might originally think. But this does require preparation before doing it. You have to have knowledge before going into the test taking re- rebuild that the StatMed Board's workshop requires. To learn more and for a special offer from Ryan and StatMed Learning, go to thestatprogram.com slash ITB. Welcome back, Boards Insiders. This is Elizabeth Beeman. If you haven't heard from me, I haven't recorded anything in a while, but my husband Patrick and I started Inside the Boards a few years ago, and I'm here today to host our psychiatry episode for the Study Smarter series for Step 1. I'm a psychiatry resident at the University of Cincinnati, and today joining me to do some question dissections is Alex Icono. He's here from PCOM in Philly, and he's a medical student in his third year, and he's very interested in psychiatry. So say hello, Alex. Hi, everybody. And Alex is going to be taking a bigger role with Inside the Boards in the upcoming months, so we're very excited to have him along. Thank you very much. For those who don't know, already been involved a little bit with just editing the different podcast episodes, but soon you guys will be hearing my melodious voice uh, recording questions as well. Excellent. All right. So our first question, Alex, I'm going to ask you the first one, if that's okay. Are you ready? Yep. Ready. Okay. A 35-year-old man comes into the office for an annual visit. He says he has been under a lot of stress lately at home and at work. He does not get along with his coworkers and believes it is because he does a better job than them. He suspects that his wife is cheating on him with the neighbor because he does not make enough money to support her. He denies any auditory and visual hallucinations, special powers, ideas of reference, or beliefs that others can hear his thoughts. His wife says that he has always had a difficult time confiding in others and would hold grudges against friends and coworkers. Which defense mechanism is the man most likely to display? A. Acting out. B. Denial. C. Dissociation. D, projection, or E, regression? All right. So looking at the question stem, this guy clearly has probably a paranoid personality disorder. Mm -hmm. And with people who are paranoid, they have a lot of distrust and suspicion of others. Or they have a lot of distrust and suspicion. And in this question stem, he's thinking that his wife is cheating on him. And he's, in some regards, projecting his own distrust of others onto these other people. So I would say our most likely answer is probably D, projection. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. I think that's a good way to go about it. So the big things to know for step one are that other ways of categorizing our defense mechanisms that you'll see listed, these like subcategories, the only two really categories you have to know are the immature and the mature defense mechanisms. And the immature ones are kind of considered bad, the ones that you don't want to do. And the mature defense mechanisms are considered the ones that are a little psychologically healthier. The mature defense mechanisms that you'll see on step one would be altruism, humor, sublimation, or suppression. This guy is not likely to do any of those. I think that you're right in that it would probably be projection because often... People will have undesirable kind of impulses, undesirable thoughts, and it's easier for them to process it if they kind of have these paranoid beliefs that other people are are having those thoughts or undesirable goals. Yeah. So for those who are looking for ways to, if you, for example, couldn't differentiate between these different answer choices, 
a really good thing to think about is just what is he doing compared to what the mechanism is. So if you just read the name of the mechanism, like denial. So those people are people that like deny that they have cancer. He's in the question stem. He's not denying anything. He's thinking that his wife is cheating on him with a neighbor. So that is not something that he's denying. He's saying that he's doing that instead. And he's not acting out because he's not throwing a tantrum or some other like outburst from it. It's just a belief that he is projecting onto another person. So in some ways you can use that to, if you, for example, didn't know the different defense mechanisms, you can kind of guess from the word and from just knowing some (laughs) dictionary definitions of the words, Mm -hmm. which one would be the most likely in this situation. Right. So I guess in a sense, he's projecting something false onto like the people around him. And that fits really Mm -hmm. well with paranoid kind of beliefs. Mm -hmm. Did you talk about the other ones? We could talk about acting out is kind of obvious. It's just Mm -hmm. like when a little kid throws a temper tantrum and we think of Mm -hmm. acting out as like uh, people have very strong negative emotions. And so they do something like, I don't know, destroy someone's car because they're angry or something to kind of physically act exactly what they're feeling internally. Um, That's an immature defense. (laughs) Denial, like you talked about. Dissociation is where patients kind of become disconnected from their memories and their attention. This is a way to also deal with very strong emotions. But remember that we see this in like post-traumatic stress disorder. We see dissociation in dissociative identity disorder. Very rare, but the one we think of with multiple personality disorder. But kind of anything where the patient is is removing memory from themselves or isn't fully present in the moment because they aren't able to process the emotions. And then regression where person basically acts like a little kid because they can't really handle the stress of whatever situation they're in. So they revert to kind of like a childlike state. But I think you're right. If you know the dictionary definition of these words, it, it would be easy to kind of see that the only one that really like would fit with a patient who's applying kind of false beliefs onto the world around him would be projection. Mm-hmm. That's good. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you want to ask me the next one? All right. Of course. So... Our next question, a 12-year-old girl comes to the pediatrician's office with her mother because of an intense fear of leaving the house for the past year. The patient reports that she has fears over leaving the house alone and refuses to take the public school bus because the other kids think I'm weird. Her mother says that her daughter never goes out to play with other kids and even goes out to the park when it's relatively empty. The patient says that she doesn't like wide spaces and denies any bullying at school. Her grades are suffering as a result of this problem. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? A. Agoraphobia. B. Post-traumatic stress disorder. C. Separation anxiety disorder. D. Social anxiety disorder. Or E. Specific phobia. Okay, so separation anxiety disorder, I wouldn't, I would maybe see how someone could think that it was that because the kid isn't wanting to leave home, wasn't wanting to leave mom potentially, but very explicit about the fact that the child isn't really worried about leaving mom. 
They're not really worried about being separated from their parent as much as they have this specific fear of the wide open spaces, fear of going outside in general, even if mom, we assume even if mom was present, wouldn't want to go outside the house. And that's specifically something associated with agoraphobia. Patients with agoraphobia generally will describe that they just don't want to leave the house. They don't want to be in open spaces. They also don't like enclosed spaces or crowds. That's also usually very um, anxiety provoking for them. And they are pretty much always going to avoid any kind of traveling using like public transportation. So those kind of things when they're specifically described would make me think about agoraphobia over the other answer choices. And that is the correct answer. Agoraphobia is the anxiety disorder characterized by a persistent and irrational fear of being in situations outdoors or where help and escape are difficult. So like you said, they're afraid of crowds, they're afraid of wide open spaces, and they're afraid of leaving the safety of their own home. And this is something that is kind of difficult to treat, but they do say that treatments can involve uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and medications that you can use include benzodiazepines and selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors because it is considered an anxiety disorder. So medications that help reduce anxiety can help reduce agoraphobia as well. Awesome. And I I think the symptoms need to persist for at least six months since this is psychiatry and we're always trying to remember the timelines for stuff. Timelines, yes. So it does have to Persist for at least six months. All right. So next question for you. After watching a particular movie, a young man becomes infatuated by an actress portrayed in the film and begins to stalk her, believing that they belong together. When she continually ignores his phone calls and poems, he believes he will win her love and catch her attention by assassinating the current president. He suffers from no visual or auditory hallucinations. He instead uses his odd and eccentric beliefs to influence his behaviors. Based on this information, which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? A. Schizoid personality disorder. B. Schizophrenia. C. Schizotypal personality disorder. Or D. Paranoid personality disorder. Okay, well, this patient here is clearly having some delusional thinking (laughs) in that this actress and him belong together and that he should assassinate the current president. So I would say, given our answer choices... He's got some delusions and magical thinking. So my answer's choice would probably be schizotypal personality disorder only because I know the differentiation between the schizoid, schizophrenia, schizotypal, and that kind of stuff. So for those who don't know, an easy way to differentiate them is schizoid personality disorder patients tend to be your patients that are loners. They want to live an isolated lifestyle, and they are very, like, not introverted because mm. I'm an introvert and I'm not at all. I'm not at all schizoid, hopefully. But um, like a super introvert. So, yeah, like a super introvert. They're they're very comfortable with like being retracted from all mm. other people and being just by themselves. Mm. Schizophrenia, though, on the other hand, is when people have hallucinations, delusions, uh, disorganized speech, or they could have like some of the negative symptoms like catatonic or catatonic behaviors and other such negative symptoms. But in the question stem, it's clear that our patient is not having any hallucinations. He just has delusions. So he doesn't meet all the criteria for schizophrenia, as well as he doesn't meet the timeline criteria, which is that these symptoms need to be there for more than six months. Mm. So that leaves us just answers 
C and D. And as our other question showed what a paranoid personality disorder is like, this guy doesn't present at all the same way. Mm-hmm. So the answer choice is obviously C, schizotypal disorder. Yeah, exactly. I think that pretty much answered everything. The schizotypals, a little more weird, eccentric, magical thinking, like you said. And schizoid is just a little more like flat affect, like schizophrenics have, but without the psychosis. So I think that mm-hmm. that was pretty good. Good answer. All righty. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so for our next question, we have a 30-year-old woman was attacked, held at gunpoint, robbed, and beaten after leaving a restaurant in the late evening. Despite this, she managed to report the incident to the police and continue with her daily activities. Two months later, she comes to the psychiatrist's office because she is having difficulty going to work and participating in other activities. Which of the following constellations of symptoms would she be most likely to report to her psychiatrist? And our answer choices are A, depression and suicidal thoughts, B, flashbacks and increased arousal, C, hyperphagia and hypersomnia, D, euphoria and racing thoughts, or E, confusion and disorientation. Okay, and my answer is B, flashbacks and increased arousal. Okay, and why did you choose that answer choice over any of the other ones? Okay, well, I picked that because this patient had a traumatic event. It sounds like where her life was endangered. So I'm, this, and I know that this is, you know, some form of psych question. She's coming to a psychiatric office. So I'm thinking about post-traumatic stress disorder based on the timeline instead of an acute stress reaction. This has been two months later. So I know that that post-traumatic stress disorder would be would be the thing that I would be thinking about as a diagnosis. But she could have something else. It could be uh, kind of a red herring. So depression and suicidal thoughts, I would not really think that that there was nothing in the stem to hint that she was suffering from like major depressive disorder or perhaps like borderline personality disorder, which has increased suicidal thoughts. So there was nothing to hint at that kind of diagnosis, so I just eliminate it. Hyperphagia and hypersomnia um, are also symptoms seen with depression, although hyperphagia is seen with atypical depression and hypersomnia is seen with typical depression. Um, euphoria and racing thoughts, I think of mania like in bipolar disorder, being like overly happy, not being able to like get coherent thoughts out properly. And she has really no symptoms like that. And then confusion and disorientation, I would think of possibly in a patient that looked like they had some kind of dementia or delirium or something. Um, She didn't really have anything in the stem that would suggest that. So I think it was pretty straightforward that, you know, and I do know flashbacks and increased arousal are some of the symptoms seen with post-traumatic stress disorder. And if she was going to develop that, and it sounds like she is still under a lot of stress from what happened to her a couple months ago, those would be two things that I would think about. All right. And that's completely correct. The patient is suffering from PTSD and the common symptoms, as you said, include flashbacks, intrusive thoughts, uh, nightmares, insomnia, hypervigilance, and increased arousal. Mm -hmm. So in this patient, again, like you said, since it was longer than a month period, it's your PTSD instead Mm -hmm. of acute stress disorder. And I think you pretty much hit on all the major highlights there. Uh, I guess I should have, I could also mention the timeline thing. So I know that the, instead of acute stress disorder, that's if their response is less than a month. So if it looks like PTSD, but it hasn't been a month since the trauma happened, then you'd want to pick acute stress disorder. Not that this was a diagnosis question, but just if. 
And then if it's longer than a month, you pick PTSD. And the onset of the symptoms have to occur within the first month of after the event. I think that, yeah. Oh, persistent negative beliefs or feelings about things is one of the an impaired concentration. Those are another two PTSD symptoms that sometimes get looked over. And we will stop there with part one. Join us next time for part two. And please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This really helps us with the rankings in iTunes and will help get the word out about our resource and help us continue to keep providing you this content for free. Hey, I just wanted to thank Rao Reynolds and Enter Shikari for letting us use the song The Last Garrison off their 2015 album, The Mind Sweep. I chose this song, The Last Garrison, because of its obvious allusions to medicine. We're always looking for songs with allusions to medicine, so send us an email if you have ideas. At any rate, check out entershikari.com, and thanks for listening.